Welcome to That Creator Life, a show where we discuss the process, the struggles, and the wins of content creation. My name is Zach. I'm a YouTuber and content strategist helping you start your journey. Welcome back to the show. Today we have a very special guest, Christopher, uh, who also has a YouTube channel and he's part of the Vietnam content creators. He's a very active member. Christopher, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man, Zach. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, it's been a busy week, but uh, we were, we're kind of getting into um, the momentum of creating content. And that's actually what we're going to talk about today. So before we start, I just want you to tell us a bit about yourself and uh, your YouTube channel and, you know, your journey in general. Sure. So I'm Chris. I'm half Vietnamese, half Chinese, born and raised in the UK. So I actually came back to Vietnam in 2013 for like four months and ended up living abroad until now. So it's been about eight years. I'm a product or UX designer. So I design software and applications. Uh, what I'm doing now is I just started a company with my friend, but I actually still sort of consider myself as being unemployed. Mm -hmm. um, so for about two, two years or so. Um, and my YouTube channel is at semi grown kid. Uh, you can find my podcast, um, which is ranting bananas. Mm -hmm. And I like it. my, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Anne. Yes. Yeah, so like my journey. Oh, whew, okay. We'll have to rewind back in time a little bit if you mm -hmm. don't mind me. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. So like, as I was thinking about this, um, I remember having a conversation, uh, and this is specifically about video, right? Um, I remember having a conversation with my cousin um, like five years ago and I was like, oh, I really want to do like videos, um, but I never really made sort of the jump. But previous to that is because us as kids, like watching Jackass and skate videos, uh, we actually like made a lot of them, right? Just like being little, you know, degenerates and, mm -hmm. and weirdos. <laughs> we made a lot of these dumb videos and like we edited it ourselves and stuff like that. Um, so like, you know, uh, fast forward till like one year I went to Japan with my ex and we were traveling a lot on like planes and trains. So I decided to like film a whole Japan trip on my iPhone. And then I actually like just cut the video up like together on my phone and that was really like my proper first video sort of experience because I was mm -hmm. like doing all the filming myself and stuff and then fast forward to 2019 I moved to Thailand for work and um, you know I ended up at a job that was really good but I wasn't really happy so I, I actually quit um, in 2020 when the like at the height of the pandemic in Thailand mm -hmm. so I was like okay well I can't travel well, what do I do I made a video about me quitting and yeah that was sort of like my first foray into video and youtube and then i just kept on making more because i didn't have much to do so that was quite fun so that's the video portion of it the 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 audio and podcast version of it was a little bit different i'd met someone in thailand uh, my good friend jess and um I asked her what would be your perfect job and she mentioned, you know, she's done some like Twitch streaming before, gaming content and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was like, to help her kind of like pursue that, I was like, well, why don't we just like experiment with like an audio medium uh, and let's just start a podcast because, you know, I'm a big fan of podcasts and everything. 
So we end up doing that, and um, it was just really like normal conversations, and you know, just like quite chilled. And then it turned into like more serious stuff. Like if you if you listen to the last season, season two of Ranting Bananas, it actually gets like really serious and pretty dark wow. in lots of places. <laughs> so more structured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um. Yeah, you should listen to it, man. It's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. So how how long yeah. uh, since you had uh, your podcast? Like how many uh, years now? Um, hmm. I would probably say it's been um. It's I, I think it's been over a year. Okay. Probably like ne- nearly two years. I think next year. But it's it's not like weekly. Like mm-hmm. we try to do weekly. It wasn't sustainable um and we we just kind of like you know uh, it's really like a creative medium versus uh something that i, I want to pursue full-time yeah yeah i see what you mean um so let's go back to the channel also we can talk about the podcast uh, i just want to you know uh, know more about your channel and what kind of videos are you making so people who don't know uh your channel so can you tell them more about what's the content about sure so um I actually made a video about this where um, I I don't have a niche. You know, when everybody says, mm-hmm. hey, when you start YouTube, you need a niche. I, I actually don't believe in that. Um, and this is just my own sort of personal thinking. Like, it's more of a creative outlet. So, you know, us people as humans, we have a broad interest, broad set of skills. So um, the channel... I hope reflects that, that, you know, um, I'm into a lot of things and I might do creative projects and do videos about lots of different things, but I can, but they fall into uh, these categories, right? So mm-hmm. one is like epic stories I call, and then the other is life in Vietnam, because that's just where I'm living. And then music, work and travel are some of the other categories, but I have I've also recently worked um, and collaborated with overseas Vietnamese community and I've made some promos for them. I've never done that before, but it's just like something I'm experimenting with. So um, really the kind of concept is like what's on my mind, what I'm thinking about, what could be interesting for others. So a whole broad range of things, really. So basically it's like a projection of your own life and the experiences you have, right? Yeah, and but it's not very. It's not like super vlog style or anything. Mm-hmm. It's it, it it's yeah. It's, it's very a bit creative more actually. So creative. I, I like some of your videos. They're they're very unique in in their style. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank that 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 means a lot coming from someone that's doing it as well. And and because uh, you've done a lot of good things as well, so that's that's really good. Yeah, man. Uh, it's it's uh, it's an honest opinion, and and I want to dive deeper into this. But let's talk first about the process of your content creation uh, basically you have a day where you got to make a you know bunch of videos what would that day look like in terms of the organization of it and all this yeah okay um so i, I remember i had a challenge on the vietnam content creator group where it's like make a video like make one video today 24 hours about one topic and, and my one was just music right mm-hmm. like that was the topic that we chose. So the day was like this was like, okay, well, what? Uh, so obviously, what is the theme? Okay, how could I begin to make a video about music? And just so happens that I was like, I'm gonna make a song. So obviously, figuring out how to make a song, mm-hmm. and then kind of like writing out like, you know, broad steps and storyline of like, what I think. 
but my process is actually pretty messy. Um, but you know, I don't typically film that much. I, I keep the filming to like, you know, most videos I film probably two hours max of, of footage. Mm -hmm. And then where I spend most of my time is actually in the edit, like, um, watching it a million times over doing like these little slide cards. I, I take, uh, sometimes a lot of time to pick music, mm -hmm. um, just for the pacing and, and then. Uh, for my limited knowledge of like how to add effects and, and make cool transitions, I spent some time there as well. But, um, you know, not a lot of videos of mine get done in a day. Um, it, it's usually because I, I like to wake up and to like look at it again to see, you know, if I if I like like the, the whole flow of it. Mm -hmm. So it, it could be sometimes like, you know, outlining a script to spending so many hours in the edit. Um, some videos are planned more than others. So it, there's no like one formula really. I, I'm all over the place when it comes to um, how I uh, create content. Yeah, no worries. I mean, it, it, it makes sense because your uh, the content on your channel is also very diverse. So it makes sense to have different styles of, you know, creating that content depending on the video, right? Mm, yeah, sure. So um, I want to ask you like about the tools and some of the services that you use uh, to create content. Like, uh, is there any program or a piece of software that you are kind of relying on or you swear by it? Yeah, I mean, like um, Final Cut Pro, I tried Adobe Premiere for a while, but um, the learning curve was just, it just wasn't, I don't know, I just didn't really like the software. But when mm -hmm. I switched to Final Cut Pro, my, yeah, my workflow just like increased so much, right? Yeah, same, same also, man here, yeah. I have a funny yeah, story. Yeah, I, I told the uh, I told the the listeners in the previous podcast, which was like uh, my story with Premiere was uh, a story of um, of uh, desperation and failure, and then rage and then quitting because uh, <laughs> I lost a, a project. That was the last day I used Premiere when I lost a project of ten, almost like one week and a half. So it's like ten days, and. Yeah, so the project was gone. Uh, I had a critical wow. crash on Windows, and it was not really uh, the cause. Uh, I mean, the cause was not really from my machine. It was basically because Premiere had an update that kind of like, you know, screwed everything. And mm. yeah, like I lost the whole project. So, and I had some issues before crashes and, you know, stuff like that. But at least you can recover some of your projects. But since that day, I, I never looked back and switched to Final Cut. and. Uh, and I'm happy since, <laughs> just to be clear. Good, good, good. Yeah, I don't think I've ever lost a project, but I don't know. I just found it just like way more user friendly. Mm -hmm. So I'm a UX designer, product designer. So yeah, I mean, uh, by I the way, I'm, I'm a graphic like designer right. by by trade. So I, I see why oh, you like. Yeah, I see why you like uh, Final Cut. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. We notice these little things that maybe mm -hmm. others don't notice. So. Uh, it, it makes sense. Yeah. So that, of course, Final Cut. And then I um, use like Figma for like, like everything design, right? Mm -hmm. Everything I do, I use Figma. Um, and I actually fake a lot of animations within Figma, uh, the prototyping tool. So and then and then I can export that as a GIF and put it in my videos. Or I, I figure out some sort of hack that is not animation because I can't do any of it. Mm -hmm. um, so Figma is a great tool for that. Um, for music, I find it 
usually on YouTube. Like I don't have Music Bed or any of these other services. Um, I'm just like, depends what mood I'm in. Uh, but I mean, if I made more videos, I probably would invest in one of these uh, platforms that just give you free music. Sound so, effects, so, free so, sounds. So when you, yeah. yeah, so when you say in, uh, you find your music on YouTube, you're talking about the YouTube library for somebody who doesn't know this, right? um actually limited no i actually just find it on youtube search like there's a lot of oh, music okay. yeah, that, yeah. yeah copyright yeah. free uh copyright free yep um or producers you really like that are like yeah you can use my music and i'm like sweet um nice, so yeah. copyright free people that can use uh yeah that have a sound that i really like and um but youtube library is great for you know sound effects and stuff like that um freesound.org is awesome uh, because it's like user uploaded sounds. So they're really abstract and kind of mm -hmm. weird. So I, li I like that stuff as well. Um, but for video, um, that's pretty much it, I would say. For podcasts, it's um, I use a tool called Descript. And it's awesome. one of the best Neil tools. Neil was swearing by it like in our first episode. Like uh, Neil from uh, from the 7, 7 Million, million bikes. bikes. Yeah, he was... He was almost talking about it for like i don't know half an hour <laughs> he, he really loves it and he he said it changes his like process dramatically yeah i mean i introduced him to it when we oh, had okay a, so you're <laughs> you're the source it. right yeah. <laughs> i'm the source i'm the source yeah so like what it does is uh, i mean you've heard all about it but what i like about it is it basically as a software it has basically nailed the problem right of like um, editing waveforms like it's just so unnatural and just so hard and it's got a bunch of AI tools that help you to do this I can you could even generate your own computer generated voice which is very cool so you know um, gone with audacity and get into descript and it, it's plug-and-play social content sharing as well so it's great right and for uploading everybody uses anchor I'm the same I used to use simple cast but you know a rather free product so yeah that's anchor great. is great for everything that I need to yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the the one thing about just podcasts in general is the uh, analytics. Um, they're still not there yet in terms of like where people dropping off, like, you know, all, all this stuff that you might need as a content creator to kind of like propel your content and make it more engaging over time. But uh, I'm, I'm sure they're going to make that better at some point. And then for productivity, I think like everybody else, I swear by like Google stuff like google suite and uh notion so notion that's, okay that's kind of yeah that's that's my jam too notion <laughs> yeah great great so um is, is there anything that uh, you want to add in terms of uh um the, the process itself like uh is is there any so you said you don't have really like a system for uh different kind of videos but let's say you have a um, you have a video about uh, your, you know, go, going out outside, sharing some some things about Vietnam. Would would that video, for example, have a, a different kind of process in terms of the tools you use, or using the same tools for all your videos? I'm using the same tools for my videos, right? Like, um, apart from my, you know, camera, camera strap, and like mic, mm -hmm. I don't really need much else. Like, I just recently bought a tripod, which I don't use as often as I should use because it's one of the peak design ones but um, yeah it, it, it's all pretty much the same I mean I haven't 
I don't think I've uh, had a hugely ambitious project yet, but I but I feel like um, as soon as I have bigger projects, the process will basically adapt to those. But at the moment, I, I tend to make it as simple as possible or I stick to what I know. And then if I needed to like add something in, then, you know, um, I, I could do that. But I also don't reshoot a lot of things. I do like a couple of takes and if it's not good enough, it doesn't make the cut, right? Okay, yeah, it makes sense. Um, uh, I want to dive in into the struggles that you might have faced in your uh, process, specifically technical problems. And how did you manage to get around them or, uh, you know, kind of uh, try to uh, try to do it again or, you know, bounce back from it? Because I do believe that sometimes those technical problems, they can be very discouraging, especially when people are starting on, on YouTube or other platforms. Yeah, so one of the earliest struggles I had, you know, like I got one of these, um, what do they call them? You know, the cameras that you can't change lens, just like a point and shoot, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it, point and shoot. Yeah, like yeah, so I got one of those RX, cameras. Uh, series and... Yeah, I got the Canon GX73 or whatever, whatever it's called, just, but I had that to start off with because I was like, I don't want to learn about lenses. I just want to kind of point shoot and then that's basically it, right? So that was one of them. And yeah, I didn't understand um, frame rates. I was just like, mm. what are you, like, you know, I just started filming and I was like, why is it so choppy, this mm -hmm. video? And then, so I filmed a bunch of stuff and was like, okay, well, can't use any of it. And that was a bit annoying, but, and then at each of these hurdles, you kind of, um, kind of need to learn about it and like, be like, okay, well, what am I, you know, editing in and, and, and what kind of frame rate do I need for that? Um, there's always audio problems. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I also never monitor my own audio. Uh, so it's like I record it and if it's crap, either I try to boost it in post or I just like leave it out or put, or maybe just put it in, like, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And for lighting, um, I'm pretty bad at it. Like, some shots are lit really badly and it's just something you have to deal with. So now I am recording in like log. So there's more dynamic range, which I can like, you know, pull the light out or, or, or just, um, it, it's a lot better that way. But mm -hmm. previously I don't know anything about lighting. So it was, yeah, extremely hard and you know, your videos get better over time. Right. So then you basically start to pick up on these things based on other videos you watch online. And there's so much tutorial out there. It's just amazing, you know, like to, to soak that in. So, yeah. And the best way to learn is, is by actually doing stuff and practicing, not just thinking about it. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You have to actually go out and film or even stay in and film. And then, you know, once it's imported into the software, cause you can't really see it on the camera for mm -hmm. what it is. So, yeah, once it's in Final Cut, then you're like, oh, I screwed up. Yeah, and, and for me, like in, in my YouTube journey, I had to like adapt and learn. But sometimes you also have to, you know, say to yourself, okay, this is good enough. I remember one time before shooting a video, like I started like filming around, I don't know, 4 p.m. And, mm -hmm. and then I realized it was... 10 p.m. and I didn't start because I was ch changing the lighting and the set all every second, you know, like I didn't like it and then change mm -hmm. and change. And so, yeah, you you have to do stuff, but at the same time, you, you want to be more practical and, uh, you know, deal with the perfectionism, you know, ideal and 
you know just do it and if it's good enough it's good enough so that's why i like your strategy even when you said the audio uh is not what you like you just put it in and you publish the video and let's move on yeah exactly exactly yeah so talking about the process and the struggles um let's let's move on to something that's uh really a big problem for a lot of creators especially if they're starting um i don't know today or next month or whatever um it's the psychological part of content creation that i think a lot of creators don't really talk about or share that much and yeah what was what was for you the the mindset that you kind of cultivated to to create content because you are doing it so basically um you you're you're in the process and a lot of people are not even there they just think about it they they want to do it but they don't have the right mindset so can you share with us a bit about how um how your mindset kind of shifted in terms of creating content yeah so i i don't know if my mindset has shifted that much to be honest right mm -hmm. but i i do have a bit of an advantage when it comes to i think uh what we're trying to do here because you know i'm a product ux designer like yourself mm -hmm. you're a graphic designer we we already have some sort of you know design thinking methodology right mm -hmm. like um design driven so like yeah, especially when it comes to like the thumbnail or the animations uh, it's an unfair advantage <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 but specifically talking about mindset when mm -hmm. when i say design thinking is is like the process of like getting better over time mm -hmm. so uh the, the the phases for anything for anybody who doesn't know is empathize define ideate uh prototype and test right mm -hmm. so then you just go in that loop right so first it's like okay well if i want to make a video about piano then i need to understand like what it is right do my research and then come up with a bunch of ideas and then uh, uh you know prototype it make your first you know video and then put it out there to test see what it is and then keep on doing that again right so mm -hmm. you could do that with not only just a, a full video but you can do that a part of a video when it when you put it into final cut then you're like well is it good enough should i shoot that again so for me it's this like iterative process that i think helps me with content creation because i know that it's not going to be perfect it's very hard to make a feature film or like mm -hmm. a national geographic documentary uh, style right and and polish so you just got to work towards that so i think that kind of mindset really helps and uh, that that actually is part of that process question where it's like well what sort of process do you have it's kind of like well there's this overarching sort of philosophy and design mm -hmm. thinking methodology that then you can take into like each part of the process or the whole process itself yeah absolutely and uh, and i think uh having uh, you know a design background or any kind of business background in general helps a lot to kind of solidify those uh, those structures to create content and uh, it's, it's basically the the same process like you said you know you have to come up with the ideas you have to then you know uh, materialize them in terms of you know filming them and then you know publishing mm -hmm. them you know the audience will receive them and then you get a feedback and from there you can improve and it's a cycle that keeps going um mm -hmm. uh, i want to move on to uh, ask you a question about youtube um so how do you define your relationship with youtube like why youtube why not instagram TikTok, or other platforms 
I think I'm just a huge fan of YouTube. I spent most of my day there. You know, I almost don't watch any TV. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know anybody who does these days, uh, apart from Netflix. But I don't know. I think YouTube is where I sort of got my inspirations from. And I don't know. I guess it was kind of the default platform for me. Um, not that I spend a lot of time in, like, the comments. You know, I'm not even an active a commenter mm -hmm. right uh, I, I'm more just like the creator on, on the platform like it's cool because you can tell like short stories like a, a couple of minutes or you can tell longer stories which YouTube already has um, so I, I think it's just a you know everybody's on it kind of ubiquitous and it just makes sense as the default video platform to launch yeah yeah and talking about YouTube as, as being a big platform I just want to ask you a fun question that I uh, ask other creators uh, when was the when was the time where you actually started to search on YouTube before you do on Google? That happened to me like three years ago when I I, I go straight to YouTube, not to Google. You know you know what I'm talking about, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, when it's something like physical or maybe more complex, step by step, you go straight that to YouTube. I would search. Right? I go straight to YouTube. So if it was like. Um, uh, da, 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 da. I'm just trying to think of an example or the mm -hmm. last thing I searched on YouTube. Yes, okay, so my bike has all these like random, uh, like my motorbike has all these random little dials on them, mm -hmm. but there's only like two buttons, right? So don't know how to do it. So it has to be in a very specific order which one you press. So I was like, I can't do this from just reading a step-by-step -step, because most manuals are bullshit. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me go to YouTube look it up and then turns out someone did it so i was just i just you know copied them and i could change my time on my bike so great absolutely and especially for me when it comes to tutorials and stuff like for me youtube is the first search engine i don't even bother with google anymore only for mm -hmm. some you know some basic stuff um right. so let, let's move on to talking about your um your you know kind of mental and psychological framework when it comes to creating content uh, have you ever had any days or moments where you don't feel like creating content, you don't feel like you want to do it, and how did you deal with those? Because uh, we, we're we human and we don't, we're not going to have the same output every day. So I just wanted you to talk to us a bit about the psychological part of content creation. Yeah, I, oh man, I struggle with this like probably daily or like, Mm -hmm. There's there's been times where I st like I've stopped vid like doing videos for so long, like it could be a few months to a few hours, right to a few days, like whatever it is. I always struggle with this, and I think it's okay. Like um, for me, because I'm not hinged on the success of the channel. Success being like you know likes, comment, views. Like I really don't care about that, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm doing it because it's a fun project that I want to push out, right? So. Yeah, so like not putting so much stress on myself of having to deliver because it's not work, right? If it was work, yeah. it would be different and I would be able to tackle it in a much more sort of like logical way of I just got to do it. But because it's a creative project, I think, um, you know, not stressing about timelines and deadlines and really trying to put energy in it when you feel good because really if it's a hobby, it should be a good thing versus mm -hmm. it should be this negative thing, right? Um and I believe I've put in, you know, a lot of hours, right? So it's like, hey, take take a break off. But when 
how I get energized is, is really stupid actually, but it's actually just watching my videos back again. Oh, that's, it gives that's awesome. Me, yeah, it gives me motivation because I'm like, oh shit, I don't even remember making this. Yeah. Like I, I really don't because when you're in the edit, it's like all these ideas are connecting and you make these little decisions as you go. But mm -hmm. when you watch it back, you're like, oh, I remember that little thing that I did. And then you're like, oh, it comes together really well, right? And then it just basically gives me a motivation because I've seen what I've put out there. I know I can do it, right? And I was pretty happy with the quality. So then I'm like, oh, now that helps me make the next one or like gives me an idea on how can I improve or what, what do I need to work on next? So that's, that, that's something that I do, you know, quite regularly actually. And it's, it's kind of sad, but it helps me to get over it. So, yeah. No, I think it's great because like, uh, one of the things that could give you the boost or the, the energy to create more content is usually kind of either remembering what you did and, you know, the fact that you did, uh, some stuff in the, in the past and that gives you confidence to, venture in the future or in your case mm. you just look back at it you have the catalog you have the library right there and you can just look back and say hey uh I, this one looks good this one needs that and it, it gives you um a, a, like a, a good perspective of where things stand and how you can move forward right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so uh, talking about like you know uh, psychological psychology and, and and the the mindset part of youtube have you ever dealt with any negativity or kind of like, uh, you know, negative comments on your channel? And how do you how do you perceive that or you deal with it? Um, not super negative, mm -hmm. um, but there, there has been like a weirdo or two, right? Like people yeah, just like commenting course. weird things. <laughs> and yeah, they like follow like things like, you know, your other videos, they start like commenting on that stuff. So I just I'm just like, no bullshit policy like i'm just mm -hmm. like if i don't like it i just report it or delete it and i don't even respond right like i'm just mm -hmm. not i just don't have any time for it i know that there's going to be some debates and stuff so i posted one video on this facebook group and it was about my apartment right and people are like you're an idiot because why would you spend so much money um and then mm -hmm. it's clear to me that people are so far removed from my experience mm -hmm. so they they obviously don't know like you know, as in like they haven't been to Vietnam in 10 years or they're local and they don't live in Ho Chi Minh or something like that, right? Even if they do live in Ho Chi Minh, they're just not in the world that I'm in. So that, you know, it's very hard for them to relate. And so, but I just honestly, like I laugh at the, the ruder ones on, on Facebook, you can't delete comments. So I'm just like, oh, it, it's fine. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. it kind of makes me giggle. And, you know, I like it when there's a big debate in the comments where you're not involved. I think that's good. But if it's like on YouTube and it's like derogatory or just, just a weird person then i'm just like no yeah no bullshit just block or report or whatever it is yeah 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 it's just like uh, don't don't waste your time with those kind of negative comments and if, if there is any real um constructive criticism it's uh, you usually you can reply to it but most of it if it's negative you just ignore it and that's the best uh, that, that's the way i deal with it as well so uh, i think it's a good strategy um mm. So I see on your channel that you have uh, some new type of content. Uh, it's about overseas Vietnamese. Okay, can you tell us a bit about this uh, new type of content that, that you're creating? Yeah, so actually it was, um, it was a completely random thing. So I, I know about this community and they just launched like a private sort of 
chat group or a community uh, like from a community software so like it's a white label software and you can purchase it and run your community on it kind of like discord but paid Mm -hmm. so i joined it and um i started just sharing my videos about vietnam because i thought people would be interested uh, as this overseas vietnamese and then the founder reached out to me and was like hey dude you want to collaborate on some maybe promos for the uh, community and i was like mm -hmm. okay cool and then we sort of sat down one day and uh wrote a bunch of stuff on google docs and then you know made um yeah just made the video got like 30 people to like film themselves asking some questions and then i was just cutting it together make sure it was coherent and one video the original idea was one video now has turned into like four videos because there's just so much uh, cool stuff that we want to show the community and because everybody took time to record it so i'm like well why don't we just make four videos and not yeah. stress about cutting everybody out of it right like why yeah. uh, are, are you thinking maybe of bringing uh, uh these uh, overseas vietnamese to maybe on your podcast or something like that i haven't thought about it yet you know i i haven't restarted my podcast we've done season one season two uh season three i don't know if it's going to be a more casual conversation like this or it's going to be like interview formats mm -hmm. uh, what i do know is i i like the more casual but what is the value for the listener uh, is also something i think about um or it could just be a hobby thing and we can just you know shoot the shit so haven't really decided yeah awesome and uh in terms of creating videos on youtube like what would be something that you did uh, maybe recently or maybe a long time ago that kind of changed the um the the perception of the video or you know how how successful you kind of perceive it um in terms maybe of the views or in terms of how people like it so can you tell us just one thing that you changed maybe thumbnail maybe title you know those kind of things that you know makes a difference for a video yeah well I, I don't know if it's um, from like an external source, but it was just, I, I've redesigned my thumbnails a bunch of times and I've redesigned okay. my titles a bunch of times. Yeah. Is, is, that, it, the, is that the designer kind of syndrome that the one I have as well? <laughs> yes. Yes. yes it's, it's the whole branding. It's, it's yeah. the branding perspective, right? First, I was just like, whatever, let's make it more childish. Let's make it all lowercase, like Casey Neistat. Let's mm -hmm. do a bunch of emojis. And then, and then, you know, I just got like cold feet and was just like, oh, no, let's do all like, you know, just revamp every single thumbnail and yeah, just same, have it in like here. one sort of branded <laughs> thing. Yeah. I always do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I remember like changing my 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 thumbnails I think two or three times, um, and and then I had to, yeah, come back to that strategy that I that I was talking about, which is uh, if it's good enough, just uh, go with it. And it's still like as a designer, you you do it like relentlessly, like you don't really wanna just accept good enough, and but you have to, you just have to and move on because then you're wasting maybe too much time on thumbnails, and it's gonna affect your next videos and stuff like that. So. I think um, mm -hmm. most creatives or designers they suffer from perfectionism. It's kind of it comes mm -hmm. with the job, I guess, and we just have to, you know, find the sweet spot, right? Yeah, exactly, man. And yeah, I I, I like video. Um, I like channels that also are branded like throughout. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at like Vox or uh, yeah. Johnny Harris or something or Becky and Chris, like everything is designed in a certain way, right? And I think that's cool. That's cohesive. That's that's the brand experience. So yeah, sometimes you focus on it, but yeah, you can't always give yourself a refresh every time. There's probably better things to spend your time on. 
Yeah, and like uh, when I talk to Wes Jackson, we, he's like a brand strategist. Uh, we we kind of dive, we, we dove deeper into this, which is basically you can have three pillars for your brand or four pillars that you always try to, you know, strive to achieve with your videos or your with your whole channel. And you don't have to, you know, just put yourself into this like idea of I, I want every video to be exactly like the uh, the last one I made in terms of the brand. You can have those three mm. pillars or three structures that anybody's, you know, looking at that video, they might say, oh, I know who made this or who, who who's the, the one, you know, behind this. So that's the, the brand image. And you don't have to be so perfect to make it happen. Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah. Any uh, anything you want to do differently if you were to start today, like your YouTube journey, which basically it's a different way of saying like what mistakes uh, you learned along the way. Um, anything? I'll probably force myself to do more videos in a, in a shorter space of time because I think that's where really the rapid learning come comes in. Um, you know, set some deadlines. Maybe even like you know one video a day challenge sort of thing at the beginning because i think that's really good um i would definitely try a lot more different types of videos like uh like learn techniques of like you know camera transition like handheld camera transitions and mm -hmm. and do more stuff like that because i've realized that i fell into this category of like talking head just me talking mm -hmm. versus me filming stuff so my yeah still i have a lot of work to do in that area but, you know, like you said earlier, I think what I would do differently is just start earlier, you know, mm -hmm. screw five years ago, like, and then like five years ago is not when I started, but that's probably when I thought about it or really wanted to do it. But, you know, if I started that video then, then my progress would have been so much more uh, to present day, right? But I started in 2020, so, you know, it hasn't even been two years yet. So I think starting early is always the key. It's... um. It's that iteration is like time will make you better right so don't hold hold yeah. back which which brings us uh, really nicely into the next question um any advice you have to people still hesitant and afraid to start today and what would you say to them yeah i'm saying like the first one is going to be dog shit. The first one is mm -hmm. going to be absolutely terrible don't worry about it like that's the whole point right probably the, the first about... 50 ones right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you're exactly you are right the first the first however many mm -hmm. videos are going to be terrible but the whole point is like you don't know what it's gonna be because it's in your head right mm -hmm. as soon as it's down on paper then you know uh, you just gotta do it do it again and also you don't have to release it if it's terrible you could make a lot and not show anybody until you feel comfortable but because a lot of people are afraid that what people might say they don't even make the first one and i think that's really um a, a big mistake right so it's all about repetition and uh muscle memory like the more you edit the better you get the more video so like even now mm -hmm. when i watch other youtubers i end up trying to analyze how they shot that and like how did one scene flow to another because that's kind of the the experience and, and the dots connecting in your brain right so you have to there's a there's a progress to that so it doesn't just happen overnight right and i think um yeah uh, that is is a very good one and i think everybody says that but then the other one is any any advice on 
like people still hesitant to start like think of creators you like right it could mm-hmm. be peter mckinnon it could be it could be all of these creators right but what i like doing is actually trying to copy their video right it doesn't have to be the same message right but think like look at their shots look at their camera movement look at their edits look at their sound design look at their lighting like can you try and mimic it because yeah and casey Neistat is a perfect one like i cut like casey right like that's how i first tried and i i really enjoy his sort of cuts right mm-hmm. so then it's kind of like i've kind of adopted that kind of technique in 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 my style and how he does it but like i wouldn't have learned that if i didn't copy him and it's like it's easy to copy someone just watch their videos over and over again right even when you're editing and then you can kind of like really learn their technique not 100 percent, but you can get the gist of it right absolutely and i think it it comes down to uh the human behavior so basically babies they learn by mimicking their parents and as a baby youtuber if we can say that like you want to also like mimic or copy other people that you admire and then over time you're gonna find your own style you cannot just find your style from the beginning that i think that a lot of people make this mistake uh, when they start youtube is that they they want to come up with a very unique very special idea about how to create content and it's it usually just overwhelms them right like you want to it's like you want to write a book in one day and you cannot Mm. do that you have to go with you know small steps and a lot of artists actually they copy, you know, ideas and styles from other artists. And after over time, they 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 kind of grow into their own style and their own unique voice. But everything. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Like, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's like making music, right? Like when you listen to music, it gives you some sort of feel and inspiration. So, you know, artists quote other artists in their lyrics or, or that, you know, or copy some sort of, you know, sample something, you know, it's, it's all about remixing and improving, right? In Absolutely. your own way. And nothing is original. That's a fake idea. It's, everybody's copying from everybody. That's how uh, human, you know, civilization and human knowledge has been going around for centuries. It's just, we, we copy each other, we copy ideas, and that's the human experience. There is nothing really, really original in the sense of the word. Exactly. Um, so what are your next projects and plans for the next year? So 2022 is almost here. Um, so first I want you to tell us about your YouTube channel. Uh, where do you see it going next year and maybe your podcast or any other product, uh, like projects or ventures you want to get into? Yeah. So I've got so many ideas. Like if, um, I haven't got my camera on, but next to me is a wall full of post-it notes of video ideas, right? Just. When I have an idea, I'm like, okay, let's stick it on the wall. So th- there are no shortages of video ideas. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 2022 is um, very interesting. So there's two big projects that I want to do. Um, one, I told you about, I, I started this company, right? And so I'm going through the process of like learning how to operate a business, mm-hmm. um, you know, out of the design field. Like that's all I know, right? Like I don't know other parts of the business. So I would really want to basically learn that and share that. So maybe it's a journey of starting an NFT business. Like, what is that like? Because I think that's a bit of a hype these days. Mm -hmm. And just so that we're doing that. So maybe documenting some sort of uh, progress or updates or things that I've been doing, like how to define a rarity table, how to create generative art, you know, how to work with artists, all of that kind of stuff. I I really, really want to do that stuff. Um, just because it's on top of mind. And then the other big plan is, um, I thought about this for a while, is actually 
do a short documentary about my parents, uh, their migration from Vietnam to England uh, wow. back in the 70s, and then migrating back when they're retired. So now they're back here. Mm -hmm. So this one is more, you know, personal because it's my parents' journey and really it's like what they mean to me and and and, and really I'm not sure where it's going to go but I think there's just going to be some real cool insights and experiences when I film it and I know a lot of others like overseas Vietnamese might you know uh, resonate with it so I, I think it's a cool video to make and it's something so personal it's a story that I want to tell um, it just you know because of the pandemic it's a bit like hard to like do stuff and mm -hmm. but um, but yeah that's a really big project that I want to undertake in 2020 and it's going to be my most ambitious project because it's something so close to me as well so yeah yeah that's great man like uh, I think it's, it's going to be like a very big um, uh, you know passion project for you and uh, I'm really looking forward to you know seeing the uh, the the end product mm, thank you man thank you um, so Christopher thank you so much for coming on the show uh, where can people find you online and your socials Sure. So on YouTube, it's semi-grown kid. Um, Spotify, it's ranting bananas. Instagram is also semi-grown kid. If you type semi-grown kid, you sh should be able to find me all over the internet. And we're going to put it in the show notes. So Christopher, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Really enjoyed it.